you're here this morning. And, and I waited for everybody to come in so y'all hear my announcements. And, uh, but a um, couple of things real quick. Uh, we are looking, I don't know which one to do first. I've got three announcements here for you. So we're, I'll start with this one. We're looking for some help. Um, we, I don't know if you guys know this, on uh, Wednesdays after school, we allow the kids to come in. They come in after school, they hang out. We just, they do homework. Uh, we have, uh, and then they play games. They, they just kind of, they're supposed to do homework for a little while. Some of them do, some of them don't. But, but uh, they don't ask me for help anymore. I helped them a few times, and they quit asking me for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, but they come in, they hang out all afternoon, we feed them about 5.30 uh, dinner, and then we have our service at 7, and it's kind of a way for them to come after school, hang out with us, we get to hang out with them and, and get to know them a little bit more, and you know, if they just come with Wednesday night service, it's kind of hard to have one-on-one -on -one time with them because we're doing our service time, and so this gives us time to get to know them, and, and we've really built some good relationships, but we need some help. We do a concession stand down there, and that way, because I know they come out of school, a lot of them uh, may have not eaten since lunch, even if they ate school lunch. But so we try to have snacks for them, and and we try to sell it to them at cost, just so they have it there. But we need some help working that concession stand. Sometimes, uh, if I'm just down there by myself, I can't do ever, be everywhere at one time. So if you want to help us with that, um, uh, we can get you hooked up on that. We do have a couple volunteers that help us, but we're trying. If we can get enough, where maybe they only have to work once a month uh, to help us out with that and, and and give up your time. Basically, you'd sit behind the counter and sell candy bars and soda, and, uh, and just hang out with them. So if you're interested in that, come see me about that. Um, it is almost Valentine's Day again, and as you know, we do a Valentine's banquet each, each February. Uh, the youth does as a fundraiser for camp, and we're doing that again this year. And so uh, this year will be on February 13th, Sunday night, uh, at 6 o'clock. And so uh, you need to get your tickets. Um, a couple years ago, we did a Western Valentine's banquet. And we had a good time with that. We're going back to a Western theme this year, and we're, doing, we're not doing the same skit we did. We're going to do a whole new deal. But uh, we're going to do a Western theme. Uh, I think everybody really enjoyed that. We have brisket, dinner, with all the fixings and sides and desserts and tea, all that, plus an hour's worth of entertainment or an hour and a half of entertainment and a lot of fun and good times. If you've been to one of our banquets before, you know it's always a good time. Yeah. Uh, for the low, low price of $15 a person. Where can you go in town and get a good brisket dinner? And it's good with all the sides and fixings and drink and dessert for $15. You can't. $30 a couple. $30 a couple. Today only. <laughs> Next week, maybe more. No. But I promise you can't go get a good brisket dinner, and it's pretty much all you can eat. We start off with the plate, and whatever we got left over, we just throw it out there. And, and you know, if you want more, you, can, you, know, you won't go get seconds at Swadley's. Nice. You won't get seconds at Smoking Joe's. Of course, you get enough there, they, they feed you a lot. But, but it's good food. It's good food. And so, uh, and for $15, of course, we have a tip jar. But this helps us raise money for our youth to go to camp. Yeah. And so, and they're, gonna, and they're, they're working hard to, uh, to do the skits and the comedy. It's just a fun night. And so be sure and be a part of that. They'll be selling tickets uh, during, before and after each service until the 13th. Uh, you can still buy them that morning. I would ask, though... If you're going to come, and I know you are, if you could go ahead and get your tickets, that way we know how much food to buy. Because um, it only benefits us if we, uh, if we buy too much food. That's just cost that we have to you know, spend, and, and I right. have to eat it. So, right. um, so if you could go ahead and get your tickets uh, in the, maybe next week. at the, at, at, you know, And you can still buy tickets at the door. 
but it, we kind of get an idea of how many we need to buy food for. So uh, if you could at least let us know uh, as soon as possible on that. Another thing I want to announce, our youth this year, we're going uh, on a mission trip. Uh, we're going all the way to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I know that doesn't sound like a big mission trip, but this is the era of COVID and travel and everything. Right. It's, it's really hard. We, we, we would, it'd be near impossible to plan a trip to go to Africa or something like that because of travel restrictions and all. So we're taking our youth to Eureka Springs to the Great Passion Play. They have a program where uh, you can come in, you spend a week working at the Passion Play, and on Friday night, the, they get to be in the Passion Play. And so it's really cool. It's be a great opportunity for them to, to serve but also they'll get to be in the play, and that's something they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Oh, and if yeah. Most of you probably been to the Great Passion Play at some point, um, and it, it's, it's a really awesome play that, that talks about Jesus. A lot of people get saved. A lot of people minister to there, and they get to be a part of helping with all of the stuff they do there. They have the Holy Land Tour. They have the museum. They have a petting zoo. I'm not sure exactly what all they have now, but they have a lot of things. The kids get to work throughout the week and be a part of that. And we also want to invite adults to go with us. Um, we probably won't have a, a, just a great number of kids to go because of the cost and they have to work for it. Uh, so if you're interested in going with us to help sponsor or maybe just want to go and, 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 and enjoy it as well and go with us on this mission trip, uh, we'd like for you to go. So if you want to be a part of that, come see me uh, and, and we'll kind of get you set up and I'll let you know the prices and kind of the details of everything. That'll be there in July, in July probably towards the end of July. Uh, they're supposed to let me know the exact date that they want us to come. And so, um, but if you want to be a part of that, uh, be sure and let us know on that so we can get you down for that. This morning is BGMC Sunday, so I'm going to turn it over to Faith. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. So this morning, um, the kids are going to be learning about Native Americans. So the Assemblies of God has a whole separate outreach to Native Americans and churches and missionaries on reservations. Um, I have some friends from Texas who have been up in South Dakota for a long time. And um, in Oklahoma, we don't really have reservations because the whole thing was Indian Territory, right? And so everything's done differently, and I know a lot of y'all are Native Americans. And so you might go like, what? But the thing is, is that in Arizona and the Dakotas, there are reservations where Native Americans are living in real, real poverty. And alcoholism is rampant because they feel like they have no hope. And um, so we have missionaries there, and we have a couple of different Native American Bible colleges, one in North Carolina and one out in Arizona. And BGMC has helped with um, both of those with, you know, books and all the kinds of stuff that they need, as well as a Native American camp ministry up in Alaska that is geared towards kids. And so we do scholarships as well as help with funding um, for that camp up in Alaska. So that's, that's what it is this week. And um, we're going to have, I'm going to pray for y'all to come and give the, to help with BGMC in order to uh, help with this. But I also want to remind you that it is Mission Sunday. And we ask that when they do the offering, or if they don't, <laughs> there's boxes out there. But don't forget that not just Mission Sunday, but any Sunday, Amen. that along with your tithes Amen. to give to the missions yes. work, which is separate from the BGMC work. This is right. two separate things. Right. And your missions offering goes to help support the ministries of the missionaries that we partner with here in the U.S. and around the world. Amen. So y'all, well, let me pray and then y'all can come. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, thank you. 
for the opportunity to serve you here in Lone Grove, Lord. Thank you. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve you around the world through our giving, Lord, not only through BGMC, but also in the missions offering and to the missionaries that we partner with of all the places that we can't go around the world. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve you by giving in this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all come on. a big hand clap for our kiddos and brother Allen, sister faith we appreciate you so much this morning thank you guys for being here this morning in the house of the lord just a few uh announcements i've got some important business i've got to take care of here in just a second but uh let me uh, just remind everybody uh tonight is our annual business meeting it'll be taking place at six o'clock here at the church uh, i encourage all voting members to be sure and be here uh, we do have uh, narrowed down to four candidates uh, for the two deacon positions. Uh, the, the men who have accepted the uh, nomination uh, for deacon are Brother Merle Callis, uh, Brother uh, Gerald Childs, Brother Bobby Newman, and Brother Philip uh, Virgin. Thank you. I'm glad I have a wife on the front row that tells me stuff. Uh, also, for secretary, uh, we, we do not have an election at this time. Uh, and Sister LaDonna Childs has agreed to leave her name in balloting, and Brother Bobby uh, also is in balloting. And so he here's what I encourage always as your pastor when it comes to business meetings. Um, I, I want you to understand, first and foremost, uh, who we have as our leadership in our church is never a popularity contest. It's not a popularity contest. Can I get an amen? Uh, it, it's not about who's a good old boy or who we like the most. It's about who God would have in that position. Yeah. And so now that we know who our candidates are, here's what I ask you to do is to spend uh, the day praying and asking the Lord what he would have you to do and, and cast your ballot accordingly. Uh, we don't want anything outside the will or the plan of God. And so uh, I ask you to, to please uh, make prayer uh, a priority as we make the decisions tonight. We have something awesome that we get to do this morning. Um, you know, as a pastor, there's, there's things that you get to do that you really enjoy doing. There's some things that you don't really like doing. Uh, funerals are never on your top ten list. Uh, you, you hate to see anybody pass away. You, uh, you enter into that moment with that family as they're grieving and as they're hurting. And, and, and you kind of connect with that, at least I do anyway. Uh, and, and so funerals are not one of those things that you really get into. It's not one of those things you like to do. Uh, weddings, man, let me tell you, they can be as much trouble as a funeral. Amen? Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you're laughing, you've never dealt with a bridezilla. You don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but I'm telling you, funer uh, funerals and weddings can rate right there together some days. But, uh, man, one of the blessings that you get to have as a pastor is doing a baby dedication. And uh, we get to do that this morning. Uh, Jonathan and Courtney are, are here, and they're bringing little Miss Isabella. Uh, I'm going to ask Jonathan and Courtney to come and join me at the front. Bring that beautiful baby. Sis, would you stick that picture up there for me, please? 
I like to dance in people, but this is a whole lot better. Would y'all stand right down here, please? Just stand up the right here and turn and face your pastor. That's fine. Y'all are good. <laughs> oh, thank y'all uh, for being here, participating in this this very special moment. Uh, baby dedication is our opportunity to thank God for the precious thing that He's blessed us with. Ba baby dedication is an opportunity to, to publicly declare our intentions to, to raise our child. That's what Jonathan and Courtney have came to do today, is to publicly declare in front of their friends and their family members their, their intention to raise this beautiful baby girl in the wisdom and the understanding of God. I believe dedication of our children is a, is a very special biblical practice. Uh, it happened both in the Old and in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Samuel uh, chapter 1, it was Hannah who took young Samuel back to the, to the temple to be dedicated unto the Lord. Remember, Hannah was barren. She wasn't able to have a child. And the Lord blessed. She said, if you'll bless me with a child, I'll dedicate him back to you. The Lord's blessed you with a baby. Beautiful, strong, healthy baby. In like manner in the New Testament, in, in Luke chapter 2, it was Joseph and Mary that presented baby Jesus back to the Lord. They knew he was a precious gift, and they were just returning that gift back onto God. This morning, following the example set in Scripture, Jonathan and, and Courtney have brought this beautiful baby, Isabella, to come to be dedicated back onto the Lord. Jonathan and Courtney, I love you. You're so special and you're so important to me. Sister Vonda, you're more than just our children's pastors. You're more than just part of our staff. You are our family. Um, we've been through ups and downs, and we've been through hard times, and we've been through fun times. Courtney, you have a laughter that fills the room and a, a glow about you. Jonathan, you're on sedatives. <laughs> If you know Jonathan very well, you know he's very quiet. You know that he's very humble. You know that he's very reserved. But if you know Jonathan very well at all, you also know that when the Holy Spirit speaks to him, he's going to do what God tells him to do. That's why I'm honored to have them as our staff. That's why I'm honored to have them as our children's pastors. And that's why I'm honored to call them my friends and my family. I believe they know full well that God's blessed them with this beautiful baby. I believe they understand full well God, God has blessed them with two beautiful children. They understand the importance of, of dedicating them back to the Lord in the form of dedication today. I remind this congregation today, this, this act that we're doing, this form of dedication is not for the salvation of this baby girl. She'll make that decision one day on her own. She'll make that decision one day to accept Jesus as Lord of her life. This is not for the salvation of her soul. It's, it, it's simply to make a public statement. God sent this blessing, and God, now we dedicate her life back to you. I believe what we're actually saying at this time is this. This child was a gift from God that came from above. We're saying that this child really doesn't belong to us. This child is just on loan. And we're saying this child actually belongs to God. 
You know, if you break it down, everything we have that, that we call our own didn't come from us. It doesn't belong to us. It all belongs to the Lord, and that includes our children. The reality is, is that we as parents are only given the privilege to, to train them up, to raise them. But they're not really ours. They belong to God. And so, therefore, we were instructed through the Word of God to, to raise them with great understanding of the responsibility and the weight that lies upon that. The purpose of this time is, is to take the blessing that God has given to us and and relate it back to the people around us. And I believe that that can be done in the way of a couple of pledges that we, that we take. The first pledge comes from, comes from you guys. It comes from the congregation. It comes from the parents, the grandparents, the friends, the family members. See, it's you guys who this little baby will be watching as she grows. It's you, she'll be watching your actions and your reactions. It's possible one day that some of you may be her Sunday school teacher, her children's pastor. It's possible someday that one of you may be her mission at leader, her, her instructor. She's looking for an example. She's looking for an, a godly example of how a, a godly woman should act and react. A godly man should act and react. And if you as a congregation would, would enter into that agreement, that pledge, that you would live your life in such a way that when little Isabella reaches that age of accountability to, to stand and make the decision to accept Christ as her own because of the example that you've lived, Will you just simply respond by saying, we do? Thank you. The second pledge comes from, comes from me, your pastor. I pledge to preach the Word of God to you uncompromisingly. I pledge to step on your toes. I pledge to teach the Word of God in the fullness of its truth. I pledge to be there in a moment's notice when your family needs me, and I pledge to live my life in such a way that It'll set an example for you and for that beautiful baby to follow. The third pledge, though, and, and honestly the most important pledge comes from you guys, comes from Jonathan and Courtney. See, it's you, the guys, that will be there to change those wonderful little care packages that she gives you. It'll be you that'll be there to put the Band-Aids on the knees, to make the Kool-Aid and kiss her boo-boos. Wipe the tears from her eyes and answer the questions and then answer more questions and then answer more questions and then answer more questions. Jonathan, you'll be there when that first little hairy-legged boy shows up at your house and says, can I take your daughter out? It'll be you guys who will be there in those moments when she needs you the most. You'll be the primary one she's looking for an example from. You'll be the primary one she'll, she'll look to see a man like her father one day she want to live like her mama in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy the instruction of the Lord was to us as parents Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 7 the Bible says hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength these are the words I command you today they shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And in the book of Proverbs, we were instructed also to train up a child in a way that they should go. I'm 
even when we're old, we'll not depart from it. If you guys would agree this morning to take this pledge to live your lives in such a way that when little Isabella is at that right age of accountability to come to know Christ as her personal Lord and Savior, if you'll enter into that pledge this morning to, to live your life in a way that will bring glory to God and teach her and train her and raise her up, would you two say, I do? Amen. I'm going to ask my helper to come this morning. Sister Vonda, would you come and help me pray? And I'm going to ask the family to come. If you guys would step right down there, turn around and face the congregation. Sister V, would you take that beautiful baby? Can you show her to everybody, Sister V? No. <laughs> family, would you guys come? Brother Jerry, you guys... Jonathan and Courtney's family, please come. And Jonathan and Courtney have a lot of family here this morning. I, I just wonder if the rest of her family would maybe stand with us today. Yeah, you guys got it. Come on, that, that means everybody. So special, so precious, such a blessing from God. Would you join us this morning, please? Vonda, would you come and stand in the middle with that baby? Let's pray today. Oh, them eyes are open. She's looking around. Let's pray. Would you guys reach a hand this direction, please? Father, God, we love you so very much. God, I thank you for this precious, precious gift. Lord, we went through a season of heartbreak. We went through a season of pain. But, but Lord, look. Look what you've done. Look at the blessing that you brought on the other side. God, you always, always show yourself faithful. God, I thank you today for this precious gift. Lord, we believe that, that she came directly from you. Father, I pray over Jonathan and Courtney today. I'm asking you, Lord God, to, to be with them, to help them live their lives and bring glory unto your name and teach and train this beautiful baby. But God, I pray for this child. I ask you, Lord God, to keep her safe, keep her from harm's way. Lord God, I'm asking you right now to, to keep her healthy and strong. And, and Lord God, may, may she fall in love with you as much as her mother and father. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, God, for this precious, precious gift. We give you all the glory. In the amazing name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap if you guys wouldn't mind, please. guys take some pictures if you want to. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank the Lord. Oh, isn't the Lord good? Isn't the Lord good? What a precious honor we have to to worship the Lord through the dedication of our children. But what a precious honor we have to worship the Lord through our voices today. Amen? Amen. How many are ready to worship Him in this room this morning? Come on, we're ready to go after God. Amen? Get on your feet together if you don't mind. We want to pray and welcome the Lord. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for voices that are blended together today to glorify you, to honor you, to exalt you. God, come and flood this place by the power of your person. 
And God, leave nothing out, please. Leave nothing undone that you wish to do. And God, may you always be the one who receives the glory and the praise and the honor and the exaltation. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship God together today. Bless the Lord. God bless the offering. I got 20 things happening today, and offering wasn't one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Go to work.
Now hold on, my fear I will turn into praise Shake off despair as I sing out your name A victory dance, I will dance out in faith I will crush disappointment Show me one thing he can't do Show me mountain he can't move He's the God of the breakthrough And anything is possible Show me one thing that's too hard Show me water he can't part He's the God of the breakthrough And anything is possible Show me, show me one thing he can't do Show me mountains he can't move He's the God of the breakthrough And anything is possible Show me one thing that's too hard Show me waters he can't part He's a God of the breakthrough And anything is possible We're going to sing that bridge again Now all of my fear I will turn into praise Shake off despair as I sing out your name A victory dance I will dance out in vain. I will crush disappointment. Now all of my fear will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance. I will dance out in vain. I will crush disappointment. Yes. Now all of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance. I will dance out in vain. Disappointment. Show me one thing he can't do. Show me mountains he can't move. He's a God of the breakthrough. Anything is possible. Show me one thing that's too hard. Show me waters he can't part. He's a God of It's possible. Oh, Father, we thank you this morning, God. Anything is possible. Doesn't matter how big or how small, how insignificant we may think that it would be before God. He is no respecter. Father, we know that what is big to us, God, is also big to you, God. And what is small to us is also big to you, Lord. Father, we thank you this morning that we can come to you regardless of our situation and regardless of our need, God. And that you always listen, God. And if we would allow you, Lord, to take the lead, you will take care of it, Father. Guide us this morning, God. 
Father, give us the strength and the boldness not only to bring it to you, Lord, but to leave it there at your feet, God, and let you take care of it as we sing your praises and thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? My God is so much bigger than the troubles I face. Yes, God, yes, God. And why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? Oh, because my God is so much better than all of these things. Yes, yes. So I won't be shaken. And I won't be moved. Yes. Yeah. my God is
we speak to the mountains this morning. Oh, speak to your mountains this morning. Let them know who your God is. Father, we speak to those mountains this morning. Father, we bring them before you. Jesus for my family, I speak. 
take the holy name, Jesus. Oh, yes, I do. Speak it from the mountains. Shout Jesus from the mountain. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. Jesus in the streets of Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus, oh, we declare your name this morning. Sing it again. Shout Jesus from the mountain. Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus, oh, sing that again. Declare it for your family. Shout Jesus from the mountain. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadow. Jesus in the darkness of 
take the name of Jesus and make it something derogatory. The world would take the name of Jesus and make it something slang or hip or jovial. In the name of Jesus there is might and there is power and there is authority. The name of Jesus is the name that's above every other name. The name of Jesus is worthy of the honor and the glory and the praise. In the name of Jesus, there's healing. In the name of Jesus, there's protection. In the name of Jesus, there's blessing and provision. And it's the only name by which men must be saved. The name of Jesus opens blinded eyes. The name of Jesus opened deafened ears. The name of Jesus cured the leper. The name of Jesus heals every infirmity. We're not here to glorify or praise your name and we're not here to glorify or praise my name. We're here to lift high the name of Jesus. Will you join me today right there where you're seated and lift your voice, lift your heart, lift your hands if you will and, and give Jesus your very best offering of praise. Father, I thank you for your son Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for a sacrifice. I thank you for a, a, a lamb that was without spot or blemish. I, I thank you, Lord, for the blood of the Lamb of God. I thank you for the stripes that he endured upon his body so that I might have healing in mine. I thank you, Lord, that in the name of Jesus the dead get up. I thank you that demonic spirits flee. I thank you that in the name of Jesus miracles and signs and wonders Lord, I thank you for the authority we find in the strong name of Jesus Christ, a name above every other name. Glory and praise. Now, would you put that strong name of Jesus to work and, and just reach over and take your neighbor by the hand or lay your hand on their shoulder and begin to pray for them in the name of Jesus? Come on, cry out unto God today. Don't be bashful. You're among friends and family. It's all right to pray. It's all right to pray down heaven. It's all right to pray authority. Come on. Jesus, we cry out to you right now. Every sickness must be gone. Every infirmity must be gone, Lord. Right now, every disease named among us must be removed in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for 
uh, unity in the name of Jesus. I pray for hearts to be made whole in the name of Jesus. I pray for broken spirits to be mended in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for broken minds to be made whole in the name of Jesus. God, right now we trust you, Lord. We bless you, God. We praise you. God, we thank you for your healing virtue. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for for going before us, Lord. That when we call upon that name, oh, it makes all the difference. Thank you for the name of Jesus today. Blessed be your name, Lord. Glory and praise be unto you today, oh God. Thank the Lord today. How many are grateful for the power of the name of Jesus? Amen. Amen. Turn and greet someone nearby. Let them know you love them today. You're glad to see them today. Thank the Lord. Well, here we are. Here we go. Man, I'm glad to see you guys today. What a great Sunday morning crowd. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. I look around and see new faces and and people I haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. We greet you. Uh, We're glad that you're here today. Some of you I haven't got to see for a while. We greet you. We're glad that you're here today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being in God's house this morning. Um, If this is the first time that you've visited us or the first time that you've been in service with us, then uh, we just want you to know we're just plain old people. Uh, We don't try to put on a show. We are who we are. Uh, I was taught a long time ago not to try to pretend or put on airs to be somebody you're not uh, because sure enough, it'll find you out one day. And uh, so just be who you are all the time and don't try to pretend to be somebody else because folks aren't going to like you uh, for who you are. They're sure not going to like you for who you pretend to be. So just go ahead and be you. And uh, if they don't like it, they can lump it. Amen. I think that's theologically sound. Okay. I'm ready to get into the Word today. How about you guys? I have a Word I believe is directly for this congregation on this day. Uh, directly sent by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the uh, only thing I ask of you ever as your pastor is to open up your hearts and let the Holy Spirit uh, impart the Word there. Uh, let Him plant the seed. You don't have to pay attention to me if you don't want to, but pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and if He steps on your toes, say, Oh my. And if it resonates with you, say, Amen. Either way, but, but just it, it's an interactive service. It's okay to interact today, okay? It's okay to interact today, you know? Okay. Let's worship the Lord together one more time. Father, God, we love you. God, we praise you. Oh, we're so excited, Lord, to be in your house and in your service today. Lord, we ask that you would be glorified and praised in all that's said, Lord, and in all that's done. God, may it point all of our attention towards you. God, it's never about a man, a denomination, a people, or a place. But, Lord, it's always, always about you. Be glorified. Receive the honor. And we ask it all in the anointed, strong name of Jesus. And all of God's people agreed today and said, Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap together, please, one more time. Thank you, Lord. How many are grateful today for the power of Almighty God? Our God is almighty and our God is all-powerful. How many would agree with that much so far today? He's an almighty God. He's an all-powerful God. He alone has the power to create And He alone has the power to recreate if He needs to. Amen? 
He alone has the power to lift up and He alone has the power to tear down. We, we've been hearing a whole lot in recent years about uh, how the world's going to come to end because of uh, global warming and global catastrophes and all of these things. And listen, this whole world will stop spinning when the Lord says it's going to stop spinning. And what? not one second before that. Why? Because man's not all-powerful. God is all-powerful, right? Uh, He's got the power to protect. He's got the power to provide. He's got the power to raise up. He's got the power to promote. I believe my God has the power to do the impossible. Now, how many will agree with that this morning? Imagine with me for a moment, if you would, that, that thing that's in your life or the thing that's going on currently in the world today that, that seems so insurmountable, it seems so big, and it seems so impossible. For some people, that might be a lost loved one. They, they don't know the Lord. They don't know Jesus as Savior. And uh, it just doesn't seem like they're ever going to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And, and that situation over their life just seems impossible. For others, it might be sickness. There, there may be a, a, a diagnosis of cancer or there might be a diagnosis of terminal. And, and it just looks like there's no way it's ever going to turn around. There's no way it's ever going to get better. For some folks, it might be the economy. For others, it might be a, a, a situation in your workplace. For, for some people, it might be your marriage. For others, it might be a relationship with a child or a friend. Listen, I want you to understand, in your eyesight and in your understanding, those things may look and those things may seem impossible. But I take you back to what we said to begin with. Our God is the God of the impossible, right? My God is able to work miracles and signs and wonders and turn the impossible situation into the possible situation when God's hand is upon it. How many believe that today? And, and here's the truth I believe also. Not only does God want us to experience the impossible things happening in our lives, but God wants us to have an understanding and a foresight of those things coming to pass. He wants us to live with an expectation of the impossible coming to pass in our lives. How many agree with that this morning? One of the ways I believe God does that is through uh, an impartation of a vision. God wants us to get a vision in our heart. God wants us to get a vision in our spirit of the impossible becoming possible. Yeah. Are you with me today? Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't have to see it to believe it. We can get it alive inside of our heart. Faith doesn't come by seeing, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we need to get the Word of God alive inside of us that says God can do it whether it looks like it can be done or not. God wants to impart visions in our hearts and our spirit. A, a vision is this, church. It's when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to our heart or the Holy Spirit begins to speak to our mind about seeing some particular thing coming to pass. It could be a vision of seeing that lost loved one saved. It could be a vision of, of that ultimate healing. It, it could be a vision of God's provision or His uh, blessing or, or a vision of seeing our nation returning to that one nation under God. Isn't that an incredible vision to get a hold of today? Amen. Whatever comes by the way of the Holy Spirit and creates a burden in our heart and our mind until we see that vision coming to pass, I believe is a vision from God. Uh, so how do I know, Pastor, if the vision that I have comes from God or not? Well, listen, here's my personal opinion. If the vision God imparts in your heart is too big for you to accomplish on your own, are y'all here today? Do I need to get down here and get snuggly with you to make you glory? If the vision that God's put in your heart or in your spirit is too big for you to do in your own power, or if the vision that God's put in your heart and your, your spirit is too big for you to accomplish in the power of all the people and all the men you know. 
If the vision is too big for you and it's too big for mankind to understand or comprehend, then friend, you can be certain that vision is a vision that comes from God. And I'll submit to you in this last days that we're living in, there is an incredible need for vision to rise up within God's people. We're living with blinders on. We're we're living with no vision whatsoever. We're living with no hope whatsoever. Why? Because we've lost the end of the battle uh, vision that God wants us to have. We can't see the bigger thing that's bigger than us. There's an incredible need today for vision. I, I pray for vision to rise up within this church. I pray for vision to rise up within us as a people. And today we dig into the Word of God and we discover why there is such a need for vision to happen. Find your Bibles. We're going to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2. I want to read with you verses 1 through 3, if you would, please. Again, thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. The prophet says this, I will stand my watch, and I will set myself on the rampart. And I will watch to see what he will say to me, and what I will answer when I am corrected. The Lord answered and said to me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run with it who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the direction. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the encouragement and the inspiration of your word. Lord, I cry out to you for a fresh vision today. Lord, for every set of ears, every heart, every life represented in this room this morning, God, impart vision in our spirit and in our heart because it comes directly from your voice. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise if you wouldn't mind, please. I'm thankful today for the power of a God-given vision. I don't need a man-given vision. I need a God-given vision. How about you? The the truth is today that in our lives physically, we need vision. How many would agree with that? As you walk through your life, as as you do your daily duties, as you go about work, as you go about play, as you go about going to school, you need physical vision. Without vision, you suffer pain. You suffer injury. Uh, Without vision, you can end up in a deadly accident or a a deadly uh, vehicle accident. Uh, A recent study showed this, that the leading cause of car accidents currently in the United States of America has nothing to do with alcohol or drugs. But a leading cause of car accidents in the United States of America today has to do with texting. People are intoxicated. They're not intoxicated. They're texting while driving down the road. Let me tell you something, young men. Let me tell you something, young ladies. Put the phone down. Uh, it wasn't long after Sister Vonda and I came to, to, to be your pastors here in Lone Grove. Uh, we were going to dinner one night. It was still while we were driving back and forth. Uh, and it was a Wednesday night. We were going to grab a bite of dinner before we came to church. And uh, we were on our way to go eat at the rib of the crib. And uh, we were stopped on 12th Street to turn to go into that restaurant and get us some dinner. Uh, and as we were turned there, a young lady slammed into the back of our pick-em-up truck. Thank God for a trailer hitch. Can you say amen? 
did a whole lot more damage to her little car than it did to the truck, but just the shock of it. Uh, she had a dog in the car with us, threw it to the front of the, the, her vehicle, and all the stuff was ajarred. And through that process of her running into the back of our car, she never put her phone down. She was texting the entire time. We get directed and we get connected into something that's a distraction and takes us away to where our true vision ought to be and we can end up in a deadly accident. I want you to understand, just as much as we need physical vision, church, you need to hear your pastor, we need spiritual vision as well. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no spiritual vision, people accept injury, pain, and suffering. People are left behind. Deadly accidents happen. Without spiritual vision, there is no drive and there is no motivation. I I submit we need greater vision today than we've ever needed before. How many are in agreement with that this morning? Vision gives us hope. Vision gives us direction. Vision can help us avoid the pain and the suffering that comes our direction. It has been said and recorded that to have sight without vision is worse than being born blind. Many times we confuse our vision with ambition. We say, well, I've got a great drive. I've got a great ambition. I've got things that I want to accomplish. Well, vision is different from ambition in the fact that ambition is what we desire to become in our lives. But vision is what God desires for us to become in our lives. How awesome and how successful could we be in everything we lay our hand to do if we could combine our vision with our ambition, if we could get ambitious about the vision that God's placed on our heart. Boy, thank y'all for blowing me out the back door today. Throughout the Word of God, you'll find it from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. You'll find it crammed with people who had God-given vision. Moses had a vision of deliverance. Joshua and Caleb had a vision of the promised land. David had a vision of a temple. Joseph and Mary had a vision of a Savior, a son being born to save the world. And even King Jesus had a vision of doing nothing less than the Father's will. All of these things were driving motivational factors in their lives. They had received a vision from God, and that's what motivated them and drove them to do the things that they did. In these last and troubled days, I want you to understand God's looking for a people. He's looking for individuals and He's looking for a church who will be motivated and driven not by their own ambition, but by the vision that He imparts into them every day when they get up out of bed. Your workplace can become your ambition and your vision combined together. Your home life can become your ambition and your vision combined together. Your walk in the schoolhouse can become your ambition and your vision combined together. If those two things are directed by God, then friend, we'll have a successful life in all that we lay our hands to do. I believe that we as God's people are that church that He's looking to impart His vision. And I believe there is a great need for vision in these last days, both for the individual and for the church as a whole. And that's why we look to the Word today to find out about this incredible need for vision. So what do we need to understand today about this need for vision? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is we need to receive the vision to begin with. Look with me at verse 1, if you would. Verse 1, the Bible says, I will stand my watch, and I will set myself on the rampart, and watch to see what he will say to me, and what I will answer when I am corrected. 
How many know God sometimes has to correct us to get us into the vision? Thank God again for a God-given vision. The, The truth is God wants us to be a people of vision. How many agree with that much so far? He wants you to have hope. He wants you to have direction. He wants you to have ambition and motivation in our lives. He wants us to know His plan as it relates to us as an individual and corporately as a church. He wants us to receive His vision. Hearing God's voice and receiving His vision, I submit to you, is the birthright of every born-again believer. Well, I just got saved. How can I have a vision? Listen, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, it's His intention. It's your birthright. It's the purpose and the plan of God to speak His will into you and over you. God wants you to know what He has in store in your life. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Sometimes the vision that comes from God is this still, small voice that speaks directly to your heart. It doesn't have to be a fiery, burning bush. It doesn't have to be an audible voice that wakes you up in the night and says, Hey, Bubba! Waketh the apathy. You know, God... Speaks in King James English, and so. Sometimes it's that thing that burns inside of your heart. Sometimes it's that thing that you, that you can't get away from. Sometimes it's that thing that, that just consumes you. It's the thought of somebody dying and spending eternity in hell. That's a vision that God can put in your heart. I can't rest until I make a difference. I can't rest until until I'm a part of a change. I can't rest until something gets better. It's a still, small voice that comes directly from God that imparts a vision upon your heart. Another way God speaks to us sometimes is is not that still, small voice. In in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And it will come to pass in the last days, says God, I'll pour my Spirit out upon your flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Sometimes the vision that God has for you comes in that audible voice. Sometimes it comes in the still of the night because that's the only time He can get you to shut up long enough to talk to you. Y'all are kind of reactive today. What God is looking for is simply a people who will position themselves... God, I'm listening. God, I'm open. God, I'm receptive. My heart's bare before you. My my spirit man is open and receptive before you. God, speak to me and give me your vision for my life. What Abaca did was he took the posture of uh, placing himself to receive the vision that God had for him. He placed himself in a posture of hearing the voice of God. He said, I'll stand my watch. I'll set myself upon the watch to see what God would have to say to me. In other words, he said, I'm going to be available to see what God wants me to do. I'm going to be still and listen to God. How many understand if we're going to receive the vision from the Lord, we got to get quiet sometimes. Man, there's nothing wrong with sitting in a deer stand. I really expected more of you guys to say amen. Joy Byrne, that was your, man, that just, amen, pastor. Even when it's not deer season, there's nothing wrong with sitting in a deer stand. I do that a lot. Y'all may not know that. Brother Hubert can bear witness to it. 
There's times I'm trying to be alone with God, and he'll pull up on me and say, Hey, Pastor, what are you doing up there? <laughs> Pastor, I'm talking, or Hubert, I'm talking to God. God bless you. See you later. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to escape all that stuff, right? Here's what the Lord says. The Lord said, Sometimes you just need to be still and know that I'm God. We get so busy. We get so caught up in the doing. Sometimes we're so busy in the doing that we forget the reason why we're doing what we're doing. And we miss out on the vision of doing what God wants us to do because we're too busy doing the doing. Be still and know. Oh, I've got this going on over here and I've got that going on over there and I've got this going on over there. And how sad would it be to make eternity and, and get to go to heaven and the Lord say, Hey, listen, I've been trying to talk to you for years. Would you just be still for just a minute? I'm afraid sometimes we get so busy, even in our altar time, even in our prayer time, even in our daily devotion time, we get so caught up with telling God about all the stuff we need Him to do in our lives. Sometimes we just need to be still. Kind of like y'all are being today. Be still and know that He's God. The, the sad truth is, is that many times we don't allow ourselves to be available to hear God's vision. How many husbands are brave in this room today? Would you lift your hands right now? Wow. I remind you that we are doing a deacon election tonight, and four of you should at least raise your hands. Praise God. You know, sometimes we as husbands can get really focused in on what we're doing. Sometimes you can be sitting in your recliner and have a big bag of popcorn beside of you and a big glass of iced tea on this side of you and, and you're zoned in on that TV program that's going on and the wife's back there talking and you're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What'd you say? Uh-huh. Here's... <laughs> Some of you younger guys, it may be a video game that you're playing. Uh-huh. 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 Or on the computer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you know that I've agreed to take my wife out to more dinners than I can ever remember because I say it? Uh-huh. Instead of, instead of paying attention to what she was saying, I was just going along with it. And then when it came down to time to, to actually do the thing that I'd agreed to do, I didn't really want to do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You see all that hair that used to be there? That woman scalped me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that woman put knots on my head. Now listen, if you don't pay attention to your wife and what she's trying to speak into you, what you end up with is knots on your head. But when God's trying to talk to us and we don't pay attention to what He's trying to tell us, what we end up is living beyond God's will and God's plan for our lives. I want to do God's plan. I want to do God's will. And I may not hear three words Vonda has to say for the rest of the day, but I'm going to hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> what do we need to know about the need for vision? We need to first and foremost receive the vision. And then Habakkuk says that once we've received the vision, we better write it down. We need to record that vision. Look with me at verse 2. Verse 2 in your Bible says this, then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. 
make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at that end it will speak and it will not lie. Thank God today. How many would agree whenever I say that a vision that's not written down will soon be a vision that's forgotten about? A vision not recorded will soon be a vision forgotten. Habakkuk uh, positioned himself to receive the vision from the Lord. And the very first thing the Lord spoke to him was, Listen, Jack, I know that you're on Prevagen. I know your memory's pretty short. And so write this down that I'm about to tell you. Y'all got to help me out a little bit more than you are right now. When the vision, when the vision is written down in your life, when you actually take the time to put pen and paper together, God spoke this into my heart. God spoke this into my spirit. God spoke to my spirit man. God spoke to my spirit woman. And I'm going to write down what God has for me to do. Then it becomes established. Then it becomes a memory. Then it becomes something that's ingrained inside of you. If, if, how many have had people speak prophecy over you years and years ago, right? Right, right? And How many of those things can you actually really honestly remember? How many times have you spent time in the altar and God would speak to you, get up, I'm not finished with you. Or, uh, listen, this is the plan I have for you. And you get up and you go in that moment because God spoke something directly into your life, but you failed to acknowledge it by writing it down. And then you may have walked through that storm that one time, but then another storm just like that one comes up and it gets a hold of you and it drags you down and you feel like, God, I'm at the end of my rope. What am I going to do? And God says, listen, you should have wrote it down over here because I've already told you what to do once. I don't know about you guys, but when we had little kids in our house, we had a, a, a list of projects. We had a list of things that they had to do every day. Take out the trash, wash the dishes, uh, feed the dog, uh, whatever. We had a list of chores that the kids are supposed to do every day. We put them on a, a piece of paper. We put them on the refrigerator so they could walk by and go, Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I, I need to take out the trash or Mama's going to put knots on Daddy's head. I, I need to take care of that thing that's before me. That's the vision that Mommy and Daddy had for the kids. Come on. I'm preaching me a whole lot more happy than I am you. We need to record God's vision because when it's established, it becomes clear and understandable. What did he tell the prophet? He said, write it down, make it clear so that whoever reads it can take it up and run with it. When it's written down, it's a reminder of what that vision is. Many times we fail to do what is written down. We, many times we fail to, to write it down simply because we're afraid somebody is going to diminish the vision that God gave to us. Well, I'm afraid to put it in writing because if I write it down and somebody doesn't agree with the vision that God gave me, then, then they're going to make fun of me or, or, or my vision just isn't as important or big as what their vision is. And so there's no reason for me to write this down or record it anyplace. Can I tell you today, if you're questioning whether your vision is big enough or not, uh, listen, if it came from God, you already have God's approval over the vision for your life, and you don't need anybody else's approval for the vision over your life. Just do what God calls you to do. Be who God calls you to be, and let the rest of them go set on attack. 
I started to say, go suck an egg, but I cut that off. I, I held myself back from that. Hallelujah. I believe it's critical to receive a vision. I believe it's critical to write down the vision. And I believe it's critical to recite that vision. I believe it's critical to keep that vision alive. Talk about the vision. Remind your, yourself of the vision. Remind people around you of the vision. Many, 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 many years ago, when God first called me to be a pastor, He ingrained in my heart and in my spirit the vision that He had for me and the church that I would pastor. That vision was that we would be a lighthouse for the lost, first and foremost. It's all about souls, you guys. If souls aren't getting saved, we're spinning our wheels. If we're not building up the kingdom of heaven, then it's all for nothing. If we are just meeting together to sing our pretty songs and to preach our sermons that make us feel good about ourselves and, and to have a long worship set, then the only thing we're doing is wasting God's time. If people aren't getting saved, then it's all for nothing. That's what it all comes down to. We're called, I am called to be the leader of a lighthouse for the lost. That means we're a beacon that reaches out to the drug addict, to the alcoholic, to, to the former pimp or the former prostitute. We're called to reach out to the lowest of the low. Jesus went to the sinners and the tax collectors. And the church is called to be a representation of Him. We're called to be a lighthouse for the lost. We're also called to be a hospital for the hurting. That means whatever pain, whatever sorrow, whatever broken heart, whatever church hurt, whatever uh, background of, uh, of abuse that you may have went through. Maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe you are abused as a husband or a wife. Uh, maybe you've been abused throughout your, your ministry. Maybe a, a church hurt you. Maybe a, a pastor hurt you. Maybe, maybe your body is physically sick. Maybe your body physically needs healing. Listen, this place is called to be a hospital for the hurting. Jesus Christ took stripes on Him his body so that we might have healing in ours. And I believe with all my heart that we're called to pray the prayer of faith, anoint the sick with oil, and see them raised up in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We're a lighthouse for the lost. We're called to be a hospital for the hurting. And we're called to be a place of the flow of the river of the Holy Spirit of God. I believe very strongly in being spirit-filled and I believe very strongly in being spirit-led. If we're not led by the Spirit of God, then that means we're led by some other spirit. It could be the spirit of Jezebel. It could be the spirit of man. It could be the spirit of denomination. It could be the spirit of, uh, of some other thing. But it's not the Spirit of God. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost and we need to be led by the Holy Ghost. And we need the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in every service when we come together in God's house. We need more of God and less of man. Man will fail us. Man will let us down. But the Holy Spirit of God will never let you down. That's the vision God burned in my heart. Yes, it's written in paper, but friend, it's written on my heart as well. It's something that wakes me up in the morning. It's something that wakes me up in the middle of the night. It's something that keeps me going. It's my motivation. It's my drive. It's my ambition. And as long as there's breath in my lung, it will be the vision that God has set before me. In the Old Testament... After the Lord gave the people the vision of those Ten Commandments, the law that He wrote down to them, He told them, He told them to write that law down. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, it says, After these words which I command you today, they shall be in your heart. You shall teach them. Boy, it's the one we just read, isn't it? 
You'll teach them to your children. And you talk about them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be the frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Why? Why do you suppose the Lord said, you're going to take this law that I'm going to give you, you're going to teach it to your children, but you're going to write it down and bind it to your wrist? You're going to put it on the fontlets of your head? When, when we were in Israel, we saw the, 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 the Jewish people walking around and they'd have a little box strapped to their head. What was that for? It was the actual Word of God that they were walking around. They kept it before them day and night. And they put it on the doorpost of their house. So that every time they would go in and every time they'd come out, it would be a reminder to them. This is the vision of God. This is what God said was supposed to happen. This is the plan. This is the will. This is the desire of God. I'm going to remember it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to meditate upon it. Therefore, I'm going to be able to do it. Why is there a need for vision? Well, we need to receive the vision. We need to write the vision down and then... Here's the one y'all been waiting for me to get to. I'm about to close. We need to wait for the vision to come to pass. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 in the Word says this. Make it plain on tablets that he who reads it may run with it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Here's the vision, but it's not supposed to happen quite yet. For at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries now, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I don't believe it will tarry long. How many understand this morning that a a vision that comes from God is worth waiting on? We may not be completely the lighthouse for the lost that God has called us to be at this moment in time. We may not be a complete place of healing, and we may not be a a complete place of the flow of the river of the Holy Ghost. But friend, when it comes... I've been talking to you for eight years about going to two services a day. Before the Rona came, we were almost there. We were running an average attendance back then of of well over 200 in almost every church service between Children's Church and and here in the main sanctuary. Uh, The attendance was growing and growing and growing and we were right on the verge of saying, you know what, we can't contain everybody in here anymore. We're going to bust off and we're going to do an 8 o'clock service and we're going to do a 1045 service and and we're just going to see this place packed on both of those occasions. A lot of people don't know that because you ain't been here long enough to get a hold of the vision that God gave us a long time ago. That's the vision. We were there. We were on the verge of it. And the devil said, Yep, your vision ain't coming to pass. But how many understand also today that greater is he who's alive inside of us than he who's in the old stinking world? And though it may tarry, the vision that God has laid before us is worth waiting on. In the Old Testament book of Numbers, it's one of my favorite stories. Two of my favorite guys in the Bible are two Yehus by the name of Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were men. They weren't some wimpy, dimpy, uh, little uh, politically correct folk. Thank y'all for helping me preach so much today. These were men's men. They were there. They spied out that land and they said, Yeah, we'll go over there and whoop everybody in front of us. 
The rest of them said, mm-mm, we can't do that. When they went and spied out that land, they said, this land is a good land. Look, here's some of the grapes we bought back. Y'all want to play basketball with them? God placed that vision in their heart 40 years before the vision came to pass. Did you hear what I said? God placed that vision in their heart 40 years before it ever happened. Do you suppose whenever Caleb said, I'll claim that mountain as my inheritance... And he got to go there and drive out the giants that were in the land. And Joshua or Caleb actually claimed that land as his inheritance. Do you suppose in that moment he said, you know what? It was worth waiting on. I bet he did. Caleb, when they crossed over, even though Jericho lie in front of them, don't you know he said, God said we could have this and it's been worth it every step of the way. I know we wandered around out there for 40 years, but we're going to go claim what's ours in the name of the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, to everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Don't you understand today that everything has a time and everything has a season? Just because God may have imparted that vision in your heart a long time ago doesn't mean that because it didn't come to pass in the first 15 minutes that it's time for you to quit or it's time for you to back up or it's time for you to turn around. Don't give up until the vision that comes from God comes to pass. Wait for the vision of uh, of that lost loved one coming to to know Jesus to come to pass. Uh, Wait for the vision of healing to come to pass. Uh, Wait for the vision of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost to come to pass. Uh, Wait for the vision of revival to come to pass. Though it may tarry, it will surely come. The place we get ourselves into trouble is when we give up too quick. How sad would it be for Joshua and Caleb if they'd have got right up to the edge of the promised land and said, oh, fulfillment's over there, but that must not be for me. Oh, fulfillment's right here, but it, oh, it must not be God's will. I've been waiting on it 40 years. Good Lord, Pastor, I don't want to have to wait 40 years. Well, I'm sorry, friend. Sometimes it takes 40 years for us to get our brains right. Do you know the Bible says that a whole stinking generation had to pass away? I can't believe we're out here again. Walking around this mountain one more time. I just saw that rock about three weeks ago. There's that same old rock again. Ra, 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 yak, 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 blum, blum, blum. What am I doing out here in this desert? I'm sure sick of eating that manna. I mean, I know God gives it to us free and I don't have to do nothing but go pick it up every day, but I'm sure tired of eating them quail. Well, I'm sure tired of this same old pair of shoes. I, I wish they had wore out about 39 years ago. God was taking care of them and providing for them every step of the way. And they were griping and grumping and groaning and complaining every step of the way. A generation had to pass away of doubters and naysayers and gripers and grumpers and complainers and curmudgeoners. Before God said, hey, here's the river. That's where I wanted you to cross last time. Let's go. How sad would it be if we spent 39 years griping about how bad we've got it? 
How sad would it be if we as the United States of America have departed so far away from the vision that God placed upon us as a nation. We've forsaken His laws. We've forsaken His precepts. We've forsaken His holy and sacred word. Oh, God, please bless our nation. (laughs) There's going to be an incredible end time harvest. The word of God promises us that. There's going to be a revelation, a great awakening for the nations. Are you hearing me? It's not Pastor Gary's words. It's the word of Almighty God. And I look at our society today and I see the things that are unfolding. I see the things that are happening. I I see the the implementation of a, a liberal progressive program and a plan for the United States of America that's taken us further from the principles of God and further towards the gates of hell. I see these things going on and I'm thinking, God, how is there ever going to be this great end time harvest? How is there ever going to be this great end time revival? But here's what I know beyond a fact. God said it. That settles it. And if I don't see it in my lifetime, there's some young men that are going to rise up. There's some young men of God that are going to take the reins and they're going to preach the word of God uncompromisingly. They're going to tell the truth whether people amen them or they oh my them. And we're going to wait for the vision to come to pass, boys. Because it's worth waiting on. Sister Julie, come rescue your pastor today. Vision. Vision is the discovery of God's plan as it relates to our lives. Vision is foresight and insight. Vision is living with a goal in mind. Vision should be our driving force behind the individual and behind the church. Vision should become our ambition. And I wrote this one down in my prayer time this morning. Vision should become your burden. Vision should be your burden. Now I know we think about burden always in a, in a negative connotation. We always think, well, a, a burden is something that comes from the enemy. It's, it's something the enemy places upon us, a heaviness, a weight, a, a load, a burden upon us. Listen, sometimes our vision can be so heavy and so weighted upon us that it becomes the burden that God has placed before us to walk in and live out every day. This prophet that we spoke about in the Word today. (laughs) There was no fanfare. There was no celebration. He simply received the vision from the Lord. He wrote it down. And he said, listen, we need to run in what God's placed before me. He was their leader. We need corporate vision. We need individual vision. bow your heads with me today please Father God thank you for the opportunity to minister your word today thank you Lord God for burning in my heart in my spirit 
your vision for my life. God, I, I want to lead a place that's a lighthouse for the lost. God, I want to lead a people that will be a hospital for the hurting. Lord, I want to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. The place, Lord God, where the river of the Holy Spirit can flow with liberty and freedom. Lord, I thank you for the impartation of vision for my life. But God, it's, it's not just for me selectively. But, but Lord, I believe it's for us corporately to receive a vision from you. Lord, I'm asking you right now for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. God, speak specifically to their heart. God, speak things over their lives, over their ministries, over over them. Lord, remind us to write it down. May we get in a posture to receive it, but but Lord, when you do speak, God, may we record it. May we write it down so we don't forget. And and when we pick it up and read it, it, it's a reminder, God, and a motivator. God, even though it may tarry sometimes, even though it may look like it's long in coming, God, may we be patient. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's your word. We want to run this race with endurance, Lord. A marathon and not a sprint. God, I pray over these people today. I love them. I'm grateful for them. God, I pray today. Let us realize the need for vision in our lives. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed, just for a moment. We can't be a lighthouse for the lost if there's not an opportunity for the lost to get saved. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I'm lost and I'm undone. The Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart and I know that I need to make things right with with the Lord. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been attending this church or if this is the first time you walked through the door. This is not ritual, rut, or routine. This is not religion. This is about relationship. And so what I offer you today is not a membership in in an exclusive club of Christians. What I offer you today is an introduction to the the very best friend you'll ever have, a man named Jesus. If you're here this morning and you say, man, pastor, I need Jesus. I need him in my heart. Would you lift your hand? I want to pray with you anywhere in this room, front to back, right to left. Brother Gary, that's me. I need need Jesus. Anyone at all? You know, the Lord won't force you to be saved. He won't make you. What's your pastor say? God's a gentleman, right? He's not going to make you. He's not going to make you get saved if you don't want to get saved. You know what? We can take that to another level as well. Once we're saved, He's not going to make us receive the vision or write the vision down or walk in the vision. 
He's just going to put it out there. Say, I love you this much that I, I want to reveal my purpose and my plan for your life. I, I want to give you direction. But it's up to you to walk in it and to recognize the need for it in your life. If you need vision in your life today, or you have vision and you need to see that vision come to pass in your life today, could I invite you, could I encourage you, please stand to your feet anywhere in this room. How we need His voice. How we need His voice. But how we need to have ears to hear as well. So many times, Jesus would address a crowd of people. And Jesus would many times say, Let him who has ears hear. I think sometimes we hear but we don't hear. Does that make sense to anybody but me? Sometimes we hear, but we don't hear. Because sometimes we're not quiet long enough to hear. I want to invite you today to spend time in the altar. That that still small voice might rise up within you and He might speak directly to your spirit man, your spirit woman. We may all comprehend together the need vision. God bless you as you pray. Remind me, Lord, lest I forget who you are and who you have been. A mighty God, perfect and
Oh, my. 
Father, I thank you. I thank you for the impartation of vision, your purpose, your plan. Corporately and individually, Lord, you have a plan for every one of us to bless, to help, to direct, to protect, to provide. God, may that vision become our ambition. May it be the driving factor in our lives. Everything we do, God, may it be to feed the vision. Lord, I pray over these people today. Bless them, protect them, walk with them. Use them for the glory of your kingdom. And God, remind us, remind us of the vision. We may run with it. I love you, Lord. I praise you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Love you guys.